The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with Paul Michael Bolin, who you'll like better than you like me. G'day, Paul. How are you doing? Uh, still. I still find that statement weird, you know. Um, I'm just saying. It's, it's, it's on the okay. internet. So we have a lot to talk about today. Um, we do not have Dr. Russ on the show today, so we are going to have a whole lot of time to explore... The thing that we are getting the most criticism about. Can anyone guess what it is? Uh, Spanx? I wish, although that picture of um, me with my dress over my head and my Spanx showing is no longer trending. So I'm, I'm glad about that. Hmm. Nope. Well, give it time. It, yeah, give, give it for the next time I make an ass of myself in public. It is the Commander and Cheeto. Yes, and I like to refer to him now from Jimmy Dore, coined this phrase, uh, Donnie Tiny Hands. I like that. Mm-hmm. Johnny Tiny Hands, that's perfect. Well, yeah, Donnie Tiny Hands is... <laughs> aggressive Progressive Show, pretty good on uh, YouTube. They're tied in the Young Turks organization. Uh, well, Elizabeth... He decided to do a critique on Elizabeth Warren's looks because apparently she's not attractive enough. Oh, he called he's her back Pocahontas to calling again? her Pocahontas, yeah. Except he's calling her an ugly Pocahontas. <sighs> and then said, wait, I thought Indians weren't allowed to vote. Not Native Americans, Indians. It, uh, I don't and this, know I double-checked, triple-checked, went through Politico... And this was just one of those random statements that has been so overshadowed by everything else he's done this week. Mm. Yeah, I'm a fan of, uh, of uh, Elizabeth Warren, and she went over her heritage in her book. Look, I, uh, not this, which was basically like her life story. I love Elizabeth Warren. She should run. Yes, she should. She should have run this last time. I don't think, you know, in two times, the Electoral College has not met up with a popular vote in American history. One of mm-hmm. them was when uh, George Bush's little brother ran Florida. Uh, yeah, there was some definitely some shady stuff going on with that. That they shut down the uh, investigation into looking into the what happened. In I know, the life. whole thing was bizarre. So that you can definitely say, you know, I believe you know, Al Gore should have been our president. This one, eh, not so much. She's still won by millions of votes. I'm sorry, I don't agree with the Electoral College. Yeah, but in order to change the Electoral College, you need, like, basically 34 other states have to agree that uh, when it comes to picking the president, New York and California need to have the most say. 
Oh, that's not always true. It just simply, I'm sorry more people choose to live there, but realistically, we're all in the same country. Just because we're all in the same school doesn't mean if we are voting for who should be the governor of the state of California, it's not like Northern California gets a choice and Southern California gets a choice and then we divide them up. The winner is the winner. It's it's that simple. And Republicans have won California. Ronald Reagan won California. And I wasn't a fan of Reaganomics. No, no, me neither. Me either. You know, just, but voters have made mistakes in the past. I have. Everyone's made mistakes. Um... I'm just, I'm astounded with what's going on. I'm astounded. Did you hear, for those of you that don't know, and for those of you that do, are the assholes that have written in, no, I'm kidding, I love you guys, are the guys that have written in repeatedly and asking me what I think. Trump told the Russians that firing the nutjob Comey erased pressure from the, uh, eased pressure from the investigation and virtually erased the problem. And then he released the statement of him saying that to the Russians. Is he just trying to get fired? Or is he so uh, used to reality television that this is how he thinks people behave? He really has to start to understand optics. But, I mean, the, they're just destroying the press. He has to start to understand team. politics. Yeah. Yeah, and optics are a big problem of it. And what I mean by mm-hmm. optics, of course, is, you know, how is the how is everybody who hates you already going to react to this statement? I just, I don't get it. Like, I understand people, the protest to vote for him. A lot of people protested and voted for him. And I think yeah, what's happened that in would, this... That would be the definition of who you're talking to right now. It's true. But I think... I didn't think he could be this bad. I thought he could be bad. I didn't think he could be this bad. I, you know, I, I knew it was going to be a bumpy ride, obviously. Oh, come on. No one thought it was going to be this, Paul. Uh, no. No, Nobody I mean, but, uh, thought it was going to be this. Like, I have a lot of friends that are like, you know, he was my protest vote. I'm like, that's fair enough. You get your right to vote. They're like, but I wish I had a, a, a mirror. Because the protest vote wasn't worth the asshole. Wasn't worth losing the health care. I'm like, yes, of course, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter now. You know? Yeah, well, now we're in it. Now, now, yeah, we now we're on the same to, stupid ship. You know, and as I stated before, I'm, I'm more issue-oriented than when it comes to these things. Uh, you know, they say we should give Donald Trump a chance. Well, no, I mean, if it's an issue that means something to you, no, you jump right on it. As you can see, he is really. Uh, the I, can't, I can't think of a, a president who's tried to do more to just change everything. I can't think of a president that's done more damage this quickly. Eh, you know, you can look at that one way or the other. You know, are you be if this is a, uh, if the issue that that uh, you wanted something to change and you're okay with those changes then you're okay with what he's doing we literally just took the richest people from a 35 percent tax rate to a 15 you have got to be kidding me i i don't care what side you are of the issue i'm going with warren buffett and his response was tax me i have enough money (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I agree. You know, but there's also, I mean, just because you're in a higher tax bracket doesn't make you a bad person. Of course not. But it doesn't mean you should pay less than everyone else. Which you do if you're in a higher tax bracket. I'm in a higher tax bracket than a lot of people. I'm sure I pay less taxes than a lot of people. Yeah, there's a guy like... There's a guy like named Nick Hanauer. He's what they refer to as a gentleman billionaire. Uh, he was like the first non-family owner of Amazon. Yeah, uh, I'm, 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 I'm not in that tax bracket, but keep going. <laughs> right. But, yeah, he was talking about how, yeah, his, his tax rate is somewhere down around 11%, and he's a billionaire. Bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, but, I mean, these freaking, uh, they, these uh, conservatives don't want any taxes being paid. They, they want no, it they to be as small as possible. They want government out. And then there was the big thing about they want to completely unregulate um, this this weird vitamin thing. Don't even ask me to explain what it is. You sure? <laughs> I can't ask you to ask what, what, wait, where? Uh, no, I can, expl- that- I can explain. Uh- <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that supplements aren't covered by the uh, FDA, no, it's it's more than that. It's more than that. What they're saying is unsubst- uh, unsubstantiated claims put out by people like Dr. Oz are detrimental. I mean, let's face it. I love Dr. Oz. He's a wonderful entertainer. But there are only so many ways you can tell people, eat less, move more. Mm-hmm. So he starts on these supplements. He talks about this miracle cure, right? This miracle drug. Well, nothing's a miracle. Eat less, run more. That's it. The only thing that I know that works great is Dr. Ross's Palm Springs diet. And so to hear Dr. Oz um, turn around and start touting the power of this thing is is shocking. And he got hauled before Congress because he was, oh, are you, talk- you know. Are you talking about Dr. Oz? Mm-hmm. I thought you said Dr. Ross. No, Dr. Russ is the only person I know lately that's put out a book that says eat less, move more. Everyone else is touting okay, enough, green enough. coffee beans and all of this shit. And then Dr. Ross gets Dr. Oz, not Dr. Ross. Dr. Mm-hmm. Russ is wonderful. Dr. Oz gets hauled before Congress. But they can't do anything to him. All they can do is kind of embarrass him. Then mm-hmm. you have all of these unsubstantiated things. There was a something that just passed everyone look into this please with the change for the healthcare and everything else that says all of those unsubstantiated claims can be made and cannot be taken back if it's going to show a negative uh, financial response for the company Uh, yeah I mean they they want to deregulate and encourage new businesses and things like that but I mean if they really wanted to encourage new businesses why isn't a business license five bucks Uh, if you want to encourage new business do you know how you do that you stop fucking crippling them you've got film companies can't get I mean our incentives are gone they're gone they went right through with the uh, stupid healthcare thing they're gone the healthcare thing is gone the, and by the way, guys, seriously, stay on this net neutrality thing. Right now, the FCC is not taking any more comments, but go keep an eye on Go FCC yourself, and I promise you the minute they are taking comments, 
I want y'all to go back and start bombarding them because we're getting fucked. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. His As Trump's appointment to the leader of the FCC is a freaking nightmare to anybody who believes in free speech. Trump's appointment to everything has been a nightmare. There is not one thing. Like, I sat down today and said, I, wanna, I want to write down one thing because I want to be fair. Mm -hmm. I want to write down one thing that Trump did good. And the reason I said that is I had the worst experience of my life. I'm going to go into this and you guys are now going to have to hear about some waxing. But I went to somewhere called, was it the European Wax Center? Sure. Now, I've been I, to European wax centers all over. It's a, it's a wax place where girls go get stuff waxed. I went in there. Ashland, Josie, and Krista were the girls working there. They were the most horrible human beings I've ever dealt with. The European wax center in uh, Palm Desert was the worst place I've ever gone, and I'm never, ever going there again. I got on with the PR rep from the European Wax Center. They called me because when I'm going to blast someone on air, I'm polite. I call and tell the company, hey, by the way, I'm going to slam you. And she said, well, I'm sorry, you had a bad experience. I said, it's not that. I've been to European Wax Centers before and had a great time. So I want to be fair and put that out there. I, you know, it's not all European Wax Centers. It's just the one in Palm Desert. Do not go there. The people are horrible. It will be the worst experience of your life. If you want to go somewhere nice, Go to Grounded, Grounded Body Works in Palm Springs. We're going to be doing a giveaway for them. I, I really have um, bad over the best place to get waxed at. That's just, you know. <laughs> well, I, I get that, but hear me out here. And the well, reason I'm, I'm I say looking. that is, is the European uh, wax place was just god-awful. I hated it. I'll never go there again. And I won't go to the entire chain because this one place, those three chicks were fucking revolting bitches. But... I could still find something nice to say. I sat down for hours looking for one nice thing to say about Trump. And I cannot find one positive thing he did. Not for the country as a whole. And I can't say that with any other president, even George W. Bush. I can find something nice. And let's face it, if that retarded cowboy is doing better, then... Uh, Donald Trump, we, we have some serious concern. And for the entertainment industry, it's terrifying because, yes, it's giving us a lot of comedy. But financially, it's crippling us. It's crippling new business. Um, and California's economy really runs on the film industry in a very large way. Mm, absolutely. So well, now, did everybody get their uh, incentives taken away? Yeah. Or is it just California? No, everyone. California is subsidizing and giving incentives to people that want to shoot in California. That's the state of California. But the federal incentives are gone. So if you want to join the film industry, don't. Um, go flip burgers at McDonald's. You will make more money. We are going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this. And I am going to give more ridiculous comparisons between what an asshole Donald Trump is and how terrible the European Wax Center is. Those are going to be my horrible comparisons um, because somehow vapid valley girl nonsense makes sense when you're talking about Donald Trump. I want to say that. If I can compare him to getting waxed, there's a serious problem. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with Paul Michael Bolin. We'll be right back after this.
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. If you're seeking more confidence, it is time to feel good naked. Each week, host Laura Redman and her guest experts are here to help you be you. In order to truly be successful and happy, you need self-confidence, self-love, and self-respect. Feel Good Naked Radio will teach you how to embrace these qualities and make your life more fulfilling and meaningful. Listen live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be proud of who you really are from the inside out. Do you long to have a better love life? Relationships can be hard, but throw sexual problems into the mix, and it's almost impossible to keep that close connection you want to have. Colette Milan, sex and relationship therapist, has been there. She will give you sound advice to turn your libido back on and bring the love back into your lovemaking. Tune in to Making Love with Colette Milan every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and I want to give a couple of quick shout-outs um, I'm going to be at Phoenix Comic Con next week. The show is going to be coming to you live. Uh, we are Voice America is going to be there. I'm going to be staying over at the fabulous Aloft Hotel over right by the Phoenix Airport because that's my favorite place to stay. And let's face it, when you're stuck in Phoenix, you've got to be somewhere nice, cool, and pretty. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Whimsical Hoot. You can find them on Instagram and Etsy. They are doing a pair of shoes for me for Comic-Con. I'll have some photos up of that. And Bespoke Glass Slippers. You can find her on Facebook and Etsy. I'm getting a pair of shoes, originals for Comic-Con. You guys have to tell me which pair you like best. And I'm going to be doing some giveaways there, but you got to vote. So check them out. Tell them you heard about it here. And, of course, to the Phoenix Comic-Con. I can't wait to see you guys. And guys, write in. I know we didn't have Dr. Russ this week, but I'm still going to be sending off a copy of the Palm Springs Diet um, to the most popular asked question this week, which is going to be to Alexis. It will give me the name in a couple of minutes. And I have a giveaway from groundedbodyworks.com in Palm Springs, California, Grounded Body Works, for a facial. Now, I got to tell you, Um, This isn't someone paying me to advertise. This isn't anyone doing that. 
this is where I get my eyebrows done. This is where I get my Brazilian waxes. This is where I get my facials. I just found this place and I freaking love it. They are fantastic. Um, so I, I absolutely love it. So I'm going to say to you, if you want to win the best facial you'll ever have in your life um, by Grounded Body Works, write in and tell me how you think the entertainment industry can survive what is going on and do you think the 10 pole movie is going to survive i know that's a big ask but tell me guys what you think and of course we are also going to be doing a giveaway from off-road rentals in palm springs california so if you want a nice atv ride I want you to tell me I get my hair done at Adrian and Alcantar Alcantar Hair Studios in Palm Springs, California. I still can't pronounce his name, Paul. It's awful, but I love Adrian. My hair gets done by Richie. Guys, send me a way to spell Alcantar. Look him up. Give me a breakdown where it's like A-L-C-A-N-T-A-R or something like that. Tell me how to pronounce that right every week. Um, and I will give you free rides at Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California. So those are thank yous to my sponsors for the Phoenix Comic Con. Because let's face it, my ass is owned by everybody. Especially the fabulous Voice America because they're my favorite people in the world. Um, so I do want to ask, and I'm going to ask you, Paul... Can you think of one thing, because this has been the big write-in, this is the thing that everyone's talking about on Twitter and Facebook, give me one good thing that Donald Trump did for everyone. Uh, it may have been a disaster, but George Bush tried, no child left behind. The presidents have all had their legacy. Um, I, I don't think he's put in, he's done anything that's even meant to be for everyone. Tell me if I'm wrong. Well, I would say getting us out of the TPP was a, definitely a good point for just everybody, and especially American jobs. i got to disagree. The job market's worse now than it's been in the last eight years, nine years. Well, the two things can be true at once. You know, the absolute, you know, absolutely job market is really tough out there. <clears throat> but if those jobs were simply exported overseas then there's, there's those, that'll just make it even worse. That's very true. Now, here's the next question. What do you think about Donald Trump plagiarizing his commencement speech from Elle Woods in Legally Blonde? What? Oh, you didn't hear about that? Oh, my God. <laughs> so he goes over to the base, and this is, I'm, I'm telling you, nobody could make this shit up. So he goes over to go do the commencement address. First, he says he's the most picked-on president in all of American history. Right, then he yeah. used the commencement speech from Legally Blonde when uh -huh. Elwood's graduated from law school. Uh, okay, yeah, first, uh, there's a bit to unpack there. Uh, most persecuted president in the, well, you know, Lincoln comes I'm to mind. I'm going with Lincoln. And I got a, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good. He, he was uh, well. He was definitely and fairly at least you can if you just want to focus it. He was absolutely treated unfairly by one voter, the guy who shot him. Just saying. Um. Yeah. Again, he was ruling over the Civil War. I'm going with Lincoln. He's not the most unfairly picked on president. And if you're going to plagiarize something, 
um, try not making it the commencement address from Legally Blonde. This is what happens when you don't go up with notes. He went up without notes and did his usual off-the-cuff thing. And it turns right. out it was a he has watched legally. He must have watched Legally Blonde enough to be able to fully plagiarize that speech. I just can't imagine that being one of his favorite movies. I'm just you know just saying. It's fucking shocking. I wish excuse, I had more to say about Excuse my language, <laughs> but what the hell? Well, he's kind of a pervert. So, and by kind of, I mean grab him by the pussy. Right, so right. it's not really a surprise that he'd be sitting there staring at a gorgeous blonde in law school. She must remind him of his daughter. Oh, yeah, I don't get it. it yeah, I no. <laughs> I mean, was it word for word, or was it just like a similarity? I mean, what? Word for word. Uh. It was already. I'm. I'm. Re- I'm repeating this from Jimmy Fallon. I fact checked Jimmy Fallon. It is correct. Well, I mean, is he? Do, do we give him enough credit for memorizing anything word for word these days? That's a good point. At least he remembered something. Okay. Yeah. See. See. There's something positive. <laughs> God Almighty. <sighs> yes. If he could just simply understand uh, the phrase optics, you know, because I know the press has got it in for him. That's really. Really okay. I, I got to say, I don't think the press has got it in for him. I think it's the press, and they have it in for anyone that leaves themselves open. And he has left himself more open to the point that he is running around with a target on his chest, stark naked, covered in a bear suit. Yeah, he's making it real easy. I don't care who you are. If you're a celebrity, I get bashed. I got called the Wicked Witch of the West Coast by Variety magazine. And yeah, I can be a bitch, but whatever. I've gotten called, you know, I ended up on TMZ, not because I'm fabulous, but because I fell, as you guys know, on my face and my dress went over my head. I ended up on E! News because a boob popped out. So the best way to get in the news is to fuck up. I'm a living example of that. I go to events with big celebrities. No one cares about me until your boob pops out. Then they care about you. And it's exactly that. It's just he's walking around with his boobs out all the time. He's just not even wearing a bra. He's given up on underwear. Yeah, and I, and I think this is something. Sorry, they just started some construction behind me. <sighs> well point that I'm I think that needs to at least at least be made to him him he's really it's and I think it goes back to something that I read in one of his books books because he literally since you know I mean and this is when he you know called out the whole fake news thing he stops listening to people who basically treat him unfairly and I think that he just doesn't care I don't think he knows what unfairly is. I get paid oh, 10% he knows of what, what a man makes in my job. That's unfair. But do you know what I do? I fucking work anyway. Look, unfairly to him is anyone that disagrees with him. Not necessarily. Like the, oh, there, was a big, necess- there was the big there was the big thing about, and I think I talked about it before when Wall Street uh, uh, yeah. commented on it, where he uh, made fun of the disability of a reporter. Yeah. 
order. No, he made fun of a reporter that had to be dis- disabled because you can definitely see the footage on YouTube all over the place of him doing that whole, oh, I don't know what I'm saying his, thing. His statement afterwards was, did you, did you hear his response to that? I think so. Because you said me. that, I hadn't really heard about that, then I talked to mm-hmm. you, you said that. His response after that was, it's not a big deal that I made fun of his disability, I was just trying to make a point. So he said, I made fun of his disability. Yeah, this is one of those things where he needs to just stop. Because, Shut up. Uh, <laughs> if you look a little little closer, now, say what you will, is uh, Ted Cruz has any sort of disability? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking mental retardation. Right, right, right. But, but that's only because the guy's Mentally freaking idiot problem. and I hate most of his policies. Yeah. But, that's but he not used why I think the that. same thing with the whole, oh, no, I don't want him saying, to hack on Ted Cruz during the primaries. If you look a little harder, of, he'll do it course. for a general whose name is escaping. But it's he does what the same he thing. says it's not, presi- it's not presi- presidential. You know, it's and not about I'll- it being presidential. It's when you come back in afterwards and say that you shouldn't be persecuted for making fun of his disability is saying I made fun of his disability. It's not what he does in the moment. It's his follow-ups that make everything worse. And the problem is... He he just doesn't want to admit that he's done something wrong. And he makes it so much worse. And if you've ever worked in entertainment, and this is for all you listeners out there, you want to be famous, this is what famous is. Famous is getting your spanks on television. It's your worst moments coming out constantly. Trust me, Paul and I can go. We went to Comic-Con last year in, in Palm Springs. Nothing horrible happened, so we were in some nice photos, and that was it. If Paul had, like, dropped his drawers, we would have been, we would have been on E! News. Right, but, you know, I got prior, <laughs> so it's not happening. Yeah, <laughs> oh, great. Um but if Paula dropped his drawers in that, you know, in that big, in that big old room full of people, we would have been on E News. Um, it's you. He's famous. The mm. thing is, he wasn't good at being famous when he was a shitty, low-key reality star. Now he's the president of the United States, and he's mm-hmm. treating it like a goddamn reality show. Yeah, because he doesn't care what the media has to say about him anymore. He just the doesn't problem. Care. I think he's feeding off of it. I think this is a Kanye mm-hmm. West thing. This yeah, isn't no, that he doesn't, doesn't care. Doesn't you make you stronger? He totally believes that. Any that press was one is of his good books press. he wrote back in the 80s. Any press is good press, and he buys his own hype. The number one rule in Hollywood, don't buy your own hype. We all have people that make us sound fantastic. The minute you believe your own hype, you turn into Kanye West and Donald Trump. And right. Yeah, people, think don't we, believe your own hype, because someday you can wind up being president. Yep. Or, or married to Kim Kardashian. That's not a very good end either. Jesus, I've just depressed us. All right, guys, when we come back, we are going to have a very, very special guest. I'm Summer Helene. This is Behind the Scenes. We will be right back after this. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com What is your purpose? In the journey that we call life, 
Our values are pre-programmed into us before we're born. During our lives, we pick up life's lessons and soul connections along the way. We explore this path on Soul Sessions with Solstice, featuring hosts Delana Davis and Rita McRae. Our program is designed to help you more confidently live from your heart and not just your head. Tune in live for Soul Sessions with Solstice every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Tune in every week for Sex Out Loud. Host Tristan Taramino will discuss everything from sexual pleasure to sexual politics. Get an insider's perspective from leaders in the adult film industry, the LGBT community, and the sex-positive world. From kink to non-monogamy, nothing is off limits. Plus, you can call in to join the conversation. Sex Out Loud airs every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. And again, I want to give my darling Scott Haskin, my favorite composer in the entire world, a shout out for that phenomenal music. I always feel like we are coming into an epic intro. Guys, you can go to Scott Haskin Music. Alexis, it's scotthaskinmusic.com, right? Oh, Scott Haskin Music LLC. I knew I forgot part of it. It's scotthaskinmusicllc.com. Check it out. He does great music. If you need something for your television show, movie, day spa, or just a great CD to listen to. I'd like to welcome to the show the amazing Michael Grandinetti. He is one of the featured performers on the CW series Masters of Illusion with the fourth season premiering nationally on June 30th and running throughout the summer and early fall. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. How are you? I am doing fabulously. We were just having a political debate, which we'll drag you into in just a couple of minutes. But first, we want to know all about you. How did you get into doing this? Well, I may conveniently disappear before we get to that part. But, you know, I'm, uh, I'm one of those lucky people uh, that, um, that gets to do what they love to do every day. I found magic when I was five years old. And, uh, and I never got the path. You know, I, I tell people I still feel like that five-year-old kid who's excited about this, uh, about what he does every day. So I'm a lucky guy. That's amazing. How do you, how this, I, I know there's a whole magicians can't reveal their secrets and all of that, but I need you to reveal a secret. Um, okay. How do you fill an audience with such wonder? How do you draw them in? 
because to be a truly great mu- magician, all of, you have to draw them in. You have to bring them in, not only the people that want to believe, but those that want to see through it. And you have to draw them into what you're doing. You're 100% right. And that, to be honest with you, that's, that's the hard part. You know, making the magic, I think the key is making it relatable. It, it's doing uh, magic and illusions that people will, will care about, that they can kind of empathize in, that they can wrap their head around. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, I do this piece of my show where I walk through a steel wall. It's one of my favorite pieces that we do. It took a whole lot of years to kind of perfect it and get it right. But I present it as, um, I give a little story about this wall is kind of the analogy of, you know, we all have barriers in front of us that uh, look impossible to go through. But if I can walk through this steel wall, we all can do anything. I don't get too deep with it, but I give it little touches so that people can kind of, um, it's like when you hear a piece of music that you can relate to and it pulls you in. I think giving magic those little touches that people can kind of see themselves in and care about, I think that makes a big difference. What moment changed your life? What brought you into this? Well, I got a magic set. And how did I get started? I got a magic yeah. set for Christmas when I was five, like a lot of kids do. Uh, and I was a shy kid, you know, so this magic set became my way to, um, it gave me sort of a vehicle to communicate with people and to not be so nervous getting up in front of people because I had the magic behind me. Um, and that was it. I mean, I was, I was off and running with it and it was, it was like my main focus. I didn't care about anything else I got for Christmas that year. I mean, it was just that magic set was, was it. Why I connected with it at five years old, you know, I, I kind of asked myself that question all the time. Um, but I just knew that that was, you know, I had found kind of my, my mission in life. Do you believe in magic? I do. Absolutely. How could you not? Well, I think magic has the power to bring people together. And right now, with such a divided country, I think that's an incredible thing to have. Well, I think, you know, magic appeals to audiences because it, um, it's optimistic. And you're right, in times of stress, in times of... If you look at, you know, like anything else, magic goes through ups and downs, you know, as an art form. There's times where it's tremendously popular. There's times where it's a little bit more hidden. And the times where it's the most popular are the times where there seems to be more stress and more difficulty around um, because it's an escape. You know, it, it's like going to a movie. It's like it, it lets you just kind of lose yourself. And, and, again, it takes you back to those sort of primal emotions that we all felt as kids where, you know, sense of wonder. anything was possible. That's right. You know, and that's a great, that's, that's a very healing kind of thing. Now, I have to tell you, I am secretly like a magic groupie. I love magicians. I love going to shows. We're not going to tell anyone this, even though this is broadcasting across the world. We're just not going to tell anyone this, but I'm secretly a huge fan of magic and magicians. I think it takes not only an incredible amount of skill, it takes an incredible amount of faith in yourself, faith in your audience, and faith in your craft. What advice would you give to young people who want to get into doing this? Is it an attainable dream in, in, in the digital age? Yeah, I think anything is an attainable dream. Um, I think if somebody told me a piece of advice that I always tell people, I kind of pass it on, and I didn't understand it when I was first told it, and they told me this. They said, don't know what you can't do. And when I thought about that, it made a lot of sense. It was that don't put a limit on yourself. Like if somebody said, oh, magic's a really hard business, and, or it's a, it's a really hard, you know, you could talk to yourself out of anything. Or you could be persistent and determined like I was. And it wasn't easy. I mean, you know this, you know this business very well. You know how hard it can be. 
Um, but I didn't know what I couldn't do. I didn't put a limit on myself. And there's always going to be kind of those naysayers out there who are going to say, it's a hard business. Are you sure you want to do that? And, 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 you know, most of the people, a lot of the people were saying that because they care. Um, but what I would tell anybody, right. if you want to do something, stay on the path and, uh, you know, just, just go for it. Absolutely go for it. Don't, don't get, like, dissuaded from what you want to do. And that makes a lot of sense. Do you think magic... Now, this sounds funny. I've got, I've got write-ins, people saying, you know, uh, it, it's a sin. So if, if you think it's a sin, honey, with my language, you should not be listening to this show in the first place. What are they doing um, with the show? That was that was just a write-in. Like, there's a Twitter write-in. With, with, with my language, if, if you're worried about magic being a sin, you have tuned into the wrong show. I strongly suggest you tune out right now um, before this goes any further. One of the hey, questions like the we have... watching Fox News. Yeah, it's like a liberal watching Fox News. What are you doing here listening to this? Um, one of the questions we have live from Twitter right now is, what is the greatest magic trick you have ever done? And I don't want to say magic trick because I don't think they're tricks. It, it's an illusion, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't well, like the you term know what? magic it, trick. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying I, I don't like the term magic trick. I think that's uh, adding. It, it, that's acting as if you're deceiving the audience. And I like, I like illusion better. So for the rest that's of the right. people, write in hashtag illusion. Yeah, it's softer <laughs> Well, you know, it's true. It, it's not, you're not tricking the audience. I always tell people, again, going back to that movie analogy, it's like, it's, it's like going to see a movie but live on stage. It's letting go of that kind of, look, you know when you go to see a movie, you know it's, it's, it's entertainment, and that's how you have to approach magic. I think the person who, who texted in about it being a sin probably was referring to people who try and say that it's real or they have special powers or, you know, and magic is purely an entertainment art form. Um, and like I said, it, that's how it should be presented. That's how it should be perceived. Um, but getting to your question, my favorite illusion I've ever done, um, I, that's an easy one to answer. So ever since I was a kid, anything floating in the air was magic to me. Anytime I saw something floating in the air, that to me just looked, that was real magic. So growing up, I always wanted, I, I wanted to float. So uh, several years ago, we started to do stadium shows where I would perform at halftime for the NFL football games. And one of the things that we did that was was pretty popular was I would levitate 10 feet in the air in the center of the stadium while surrounded by 60,000 people. And not only is it, it, you know, a a pretty cool illusion to do, but for me, the memory of doing that and to to have that perspective, how many people could could have the, know what it looks like to be at the center of a football field, all those people around 10 feet above it and watching people react. Um, so, you know, it has a very kind of, um, uh, it was a very special moment, very memorable moment for me. So I, I would say that's, as far as I've done, that's probably the best, uh, you know, the top of the list for me. I'm, I'm going to say to the dude writing in, I don't think he's going to tell us how he did it, but maybe if he's <laughs> very kind, he'll tell us how to get into magic. So is, is that a good guess? Am, am I... Uh Speaking the truth here right when on. I say. <laughs> You're right on. I can't tell you. Well, here's the thing. I, I'll tell you, I will tell you this secret. If I, tell you, if I tell you how it's done, I'm hurting you, and I'm hurting your listeners, because you can't ever watch magic and be amazed. Um, look, I get it. I, I know how this stuff works. I've been doing this for 20-some 20, 20 years, and I very rarely get to watch a magic show and be amazed. It's just because I think like a magician, and I think every magician will tell you the same thing. Every film director will tell you they go, they go to a movie 
and they analyze the movie, and they can't sit there and just relax and, and watch it. So I wouldn't want to, you know, it's, it's kind of harmful to people. I know it sounds like, oh, it's fun, we want to know, but trust me, oh. it, it just... It's, it's not I, I get it. No. I can't sit through a movie without seeing the product placement, camera angles. Movies suck for me now. I get it. Oh, yeah. Completely. I wish I could go back to, to, again, being like a kid and watching Magic and being amazed. I remember watching Magic as a kid and being amazed. And I remember what it feels like. And I remember how cool that was. Um, you know, so I, I, I wouldn't want to take that from people. But to get involved in Magic, uh, it's a great time to do that. I mean, there's just, there's so many ways uh, I had a conversation with somebody just last week about that, and when I was a kid, I had to search it out because there was no internet, there was no YouTube, there was no email, there was no any of that stuff. So if you wanted to learn about something, you had to go to libraries, you had to kind of search out other people who knew what you wanted to do. It was kind of a, a process. Um, it was rewarding. It was great. I, I enjoyed the process a lot. It was like an adventure. But today, there's so many avenues. I always tell people, don't go to YouTube and watch magic stuff because like anything out there in the universe you're going to see you know 90 percent you're going to see 10 percent of stuff that's really great and a whole bunch of stuff that you know you really don't want to emulate i tell people find a couple of really good books on magic and read those and what that'll do is that'll force you to put your own style on what you're reading you're not going to watch and just imitate what you're watching so that that would be my recommendation what's your favorite book yeah what's your favorite book there was a book that I got when I was 10 years old and it's still on the market and I still think it's one of the best beginner magic books out there. It is called The Mark Wilson Course in Magic um, and it is, I'll tell you this much, even though I got it when I was 10 years old, uh, you could be, you know, 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old and it, it, it's magic for, it's not like kids magic. It is magic that people of any age can do and it looks great. I mean, it, it's, it is really good. It's effective simple magic that you can go out there and have fun with really amaze people and it's a boatload of stuff there are thousands of tricks in the book it's, it's just it's you know it's one of the most amazing books i've seen in all my years of doing this who can still amaze you i still have a few filmmakers i know that can still amaze me so there has to be a few mag- magicians out there that can still amaze you that's a really good question i don't get amazed unfortunately but here's what i get i get i will look at something and I will go, okay, that, that's creative. That is clever. I, I can appreciate, and again, other magicians will tell you the same thing, I'm, I'm certain, but I'll, I'll get the thinking behind it and, and the thought process that went into it. And that, I'll be amazed by, and impressed by that. Uh, I just read a, a piece of magic by somebody who is, and I can't even say their name because part of the deal was they want to be very underground. Um, okay. But I read a piece of magic in, in a book that was put out a couple years ago, uh, probably about three weeks ago, and I had that feeling. I thought, wow, now that, that is a great piece of magic. Yeah, I knew how, I mean, it explained how, to, you know, the method behind it and, and, and all that stuff, but, but again, looking what they did and how they combined the pieces to form this kind of, you know, whole of an illusion was, was really, really cool and interesting. So that, that's what happened to me more than, more than anything else, I think. Um- well, I'm going to ask you three rapid-fire questions in succession, um, okay, and you're going to love and hate some of them. I want to know okay. who's your favorite magi- mag- magician, who's your least okay. favorite magician, mm. and of course, our favorite magician is you, and then I'll give you the third one. So who's your favorite magician? There is a magician uh, called Doug Henning. Uh, he, was, he was on TV in the 70s and 80s, 
and he oh, yeah, I remember the really hair. The yes, <laughs> he had long hair, and he was really the guy who brought magic. There, I mean, there were always people out there doing magic, but he did NBC primetime specials live. So he it, it, it was it was not taped; it was all live. Um, and more than anything else, he was a guy that loved magic. So when you watch this guy do it, you just saw a guy doing something that he loved, and, and it was great magic, and the vibe of it was great, and everything about it just made you go, this is great, I love magic. So he is, to this day, when I see a piece, a piece of footage of him, um, I, I, you know, I enjoy it very much. Who is your least favorite magician? Anybody on YouTube who uh, spends five minutes learning a trick an illusion, excuse me, and um, and we can call it, it tricks online. with them because they're assholes. In, in that in that uh, category, we can call it tricks. Who puts yeah. it online without really understanding? I tell people like this: it's like you can go buy, a, you know, magic. You could buy something if you have money. You could buy a deck of cards, or you could buy a, a song, a person. You could buy something. You could also buy a violin or a guitar, and it's going to sound awful if you don't take the time and the study and the care to understand and to know exactly what you're doing with it. If you do it right, it's going to be, you know, the violin's going to be beautiful. If you do it horrible, it's going to sound like you, you know, hit something with your car. So but to do it, it right, is, you've got to respect your craft. You have to take the time. And magic is a very deep art. But I don't think, and, and understandably because of the nature of the beast, it's meant to look easy. When you see a magician performing, when you see me levitate or walk through a steel wall, it's supposed to look effortless. So how could people ever really know? If it looks like it's tough, then I guess we magicians aren't doing our job right. But conversely, how could people ever know all the work and all the effort and all the time and all the details that go into it? And because of that, I think people don't, you know, who are just coming in, they just think, oh, I could just get this and do it, and it's easy. It, it is one of the most deep, um, thought-provoking, uh, complex art forms to do right. I think the, vi- the violin analogy is probably the closest thing to it. So that's a long answer to your question, but anybody, my least favorite magician is anybody who doesn't respect the art enough um, and the audience enough to really take the time and to put a great, if you just put the time in, you can create great magic. And, and I just, you know, hope everybody would do that and not do, and not do it the other way. That and maybe anybody nan- named Chris Angel. So. Yeah, I hate Chris, he, but I've dealt with him, he's a douche. Um, and that's just personally, I don't know about his magic, I'm just speaking from a personal standpoint. Uh, um, so the yeah. editing, editing is not magic. No, anybody on Craigslist no. do that? No, yeah, and, and honestly, and that to me, that's you know, we've done quite a bit of television work over the years, and uh, it's just, it, you know, for me, the fun of it is uh, is watching it and and knowing that you created something that is amazing people legitimately, and and I'm not saying that in relation to anybody else or any other performer. I'm just saying for myself that, you know, to know that you've... Some of these illusions, i got to tell you, they take many years. Uh, that steel wall thing I mentioned, that took... It took about seven years from the time I first drew it up to the time we first performed it. And that's a long time of going, nope, it's not right. Nah, I don't like it. Nah. But then when you finally put it out there and you do it, and, and then you put it on television and you see it actually working, uh, you know, that is uh, very satisfying. So to me, that's, that's uh, you know, the only way I, I'd ever do magic. it. Well, I'm, I'm going to say Chris Angel reared his uh, head for a very short time as kind of the spokesman for magic for um, the Gen X generation, the millennial generation. Who do you think – I think it's going to be you. I vote for you. But who do you think is going to be the next big performer? Because we haven't had a big 
magical superstar since, you know, David Copperfield. Yeah, Chris Angel, well, unfortunately. Yeah, I you said know, he doesn't count, Paul. <laughs> Sorry. He shouldn't. He shouldn't well, first count. of all, th- thank you for your, for your kind words. I appreciate that. And, well, you know what? Here's the thing. I, I don't know how to answer that question because all those people emerged in a time where you could go on the Johnny Carson show and the next day you were... Uh, not not Chris Angel, but but David Copperfield and Doug Henning back in those days. There were three networks. You can go on the network and go on the Johnny Carson show and get you know tens of millions of people watching you. And the next day, you're like famous. In today's world, there's so much information coming at you. Um, talk shows everywhere, internet shows everywhere. It is hard to for any singular performer to go anywhere and to gain that kind of traction. Um, just because it, 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 and Ellen, that's not saying. Ellen, Ellen or Doctor Phil. What's that? Ellen or Doctor Phil. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's. I think that, you know, it, it, in in today's kind of media landscape, that's challenging for any if any one person to do. Um, but but because of that, still, though, there are a lot of people. There's more magicians now working invisible than ever before. I, I think it's just. I think it's just diluted over so many people over so many ways. I don't know if there could be one person. And I suppose that might be a good thing because it's, you know, in music, there's so many musicians. They're not just, there's not just one musician who is like the musician, the singer. But there are the standouts. You know, I I work in an industry that's designed to push forward the standouts. And we're just not seeing the standouts come forward today like we used to with magic. And I think that, um, I'm going to stick in a personal opinion, I think that has to do with people taking it to a darker place, and I think that has to do with the Chris Angels, because yes, he was a cool fad for a minute, but magic kind of became a dark thing for a moment after him. And I think you guys are bringing it back into the light and bringing it back to that magical, mystical, beautiful place. So I do have to say Just because he got most of his wardrobe from Hot Topic. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Well, you know, I agree um, with you on that. I, I think that I think that magic is look. There's always going. There's, there's a place for all styles of magic out there. It's like there's a place for you know all types of again. Looking at music, there's metal music. There's all kinds of stuff, and it, everything has their audience. But I think to hit the mainstream audience, uh, you're right. You've got to make it. I think the more people want to see magic that is uplifting, happy, positive, not dark, not heavy, not because we're watching this stuff to be again to be happy and to be. Um, you know, not yeah. If you want to be grossed out, there's fear factor. Um, we have about two minutes left. Tell everyone where they can find you before we continue with this conversation. Because if we get cut off, I want my audience to be your audience because you really are incredible. Well, thank you so much. You are you you are the best. I appreciate that. Well, first of all, you know the best way to connect with me is social media. Everything is under my name, which is Michael Grandinetti. My website's under Michael Grandinetti. Please, please spell that. We've gotten like ten write-ins for that. Oh, I spell that? Yeah, Grandinetti. Grand, okay, you ready for it? G-R-A-N-D-I-N-E-T-T-I. So it's a big, long Italian name. I tell, and we travel all the time, so I tell people, if you see a magician with a really long Italian name coming to your town, it's probably me. So please do come and see us. And then the CW show premieres June 30th. It's a Friday night, 8 p.m., uh, and it runs for 13 weeks, and we're, we're you know, very excited about that. And uh, I hope you guys have a chance to see it. 
Well, I'm sure everyone will. Thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you for giving a light side to magic. Like I said, I know my audience, and I've had a lot of write-ins about this. Um, since you've come on, people have kind of shied away from it because it got dark. And so to see someone uplifting and bringing it back and kind of bringing the wonder back, it turns us all into kids. So on behalf of my listeners and behalf of everybody that lost faith, thank you. Well, thank you so much. I truly appreciate that, and it was great talking with you. It was great talking to you guys. Go check out Michael Grandinetti. He's really, really fabulous. Find him on Facebook. Find him on Twitter. Go to his website. Go check him out and see what he can do. I promise you will not be disappointed. Thank you again to our sponsors. Thank you to Voice America. Thank you to Paul Michael Boland. I'm Summer Helene. This is Behind the Scenes. I'll see you next week. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.